Kakatamari of erogenous zones. Hello, dear listeners. It's time once again for another Hey, I've Got an Idea show. That there is my brother, Mason, sweating for the the craft, Williams. And that over there is my brother, Luke Crafty Sweater Williams. Mm -hmm. I made it out of a felt... And that that's good. It'll stick nicely to my uh, my Velcro sweater. Oh, okay. You see, we this is how we we make we make magic happen. We hey, g- give me, give me a hug. Come here. We well, give me if, a hug, if, brother. If we hug, it will be difficult to separate. And well, that mean, is my favorite part about hugging you. You're you're going to be able to have so many wonderful sound effects. Uh, it's true. Uh, that that would be some great foley that I am not going to search for or or create. So I'm just going to move on from that bit and say, hey, uh, while we're recording this, it's fucking hot as balls. Uh, well, the thing about the phrase "hot as balls," okay, is your balls and mine mm-hmm. are in a scrotum. That's where we keep them. That is true. And the whole thing about the scrotum is it keeps the balls away from the hot body. So that they won't be to, like the ideal temperature for the development of sperm cells is yes. slightly cooler. Yes. So um, it is hot as balls. That is true, but it could be worse. It could be body temperature. Mm. So which would be worse then, hot as balls or hot as shit? I imagine shit comes out approximately body temperature. Usually it comes right out body temperature. But here's the thing. It very rapidly cools down, That's especially true. if you're shedding into cold water. Very few of us fill our toilet bowls with hot. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's it's hot as a fresh shit, perhaps. Mm, okay, so long as we're keeping this uh, explicit tag a uh, uh, rolling. Uh, what about hot as fuck? I mean, that would probably be a little bit above body temperature, assuming that you're wh- not into where you're like, temping it kinky ice play yeah yeah yeah. okay um this is an invention podcast it is we are going to create something before your very ears um and uh, just like we would like to potentially be whisked away to uh, a nice cool refreshing uh place that isn't uh us huddled over a microphone during a heat wave in ontario um We want to create a VR experience, a virtual reality experience. This week, uh, proposed to us from Wooly, uh, who was our guest last week. Uh, if you want to send us a suggestion, by the way, for a topic that we can do, you're welcome to do that. So we're open for those. Mason. Yes. Virtual reality experience. What you got? Well, when I think virtual reality... I think virtual realty. Oh, I see. So let's go to houses that are House, for sale. Ha- okay. 
And we can fantasize about being able to buy them. <laughs> about, yeah, about being homeowners. Oh, oh, great, cool. Um, hmm. I mean, as far as running with a fresh, like, creative improv idea goes, taking a letter out, uh, that was that was pretty good. Uh, I'm racking my brain trying to take out all the other letters, and it nothing else makes it a thing. Well, so. vir- Virtua reality wasn't there. Virtua Fighter, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, virtu- Virtua Fighter. I, was that the only one that had the Virtua prefix? Weird. Uh, yeah, okay. no, th- we should be able to do more Virtua things. Yeah. Um. Okay. Virtual reality. Willie said specifically virtual reality experience. So where not my, game. Yeah, well where my brain went is uh-huh. that um you know, you see like uh kids in like the the laundry basket and then they put the footage of the roller coaster on, the dad like shakes it around and moves it around with the track. You know that yeah. that kind of thing. That's a virtual reality experience. Granted. And it doesn't require the visor and the motion controls, although obviously that's our best tech for that. Here's our problem. Here's our question. Uh, how how do we define virtual reality? Like, is the fact that my TV is just really big, am I having a virtual reality experience? Or do I have to be moving around? Or does there have to be surround sound? Does there have to be haptic feedback? Like... What is what separates a virtual reality experience from merely a very compelling and realistic experience that is not virtual reality? Hmm. Well, I got an idea or two, but I want to share just one other story that is sort of like a new interesting thing uh, in the realm of uh, new sensory things. OK, um, uh, uh, we got a switch relatively recently. And okay. uh, in Mario Odyssey, uh, I'm sure this is a thing in other games as well, but in Mario Odyssey, sometimes you have to hunt down some moons that are, like, buried beneath the surface in a particular place, uh-huh. and you find them with the 3D rumble. And so how that works is you got a, a controller in either hand that is vibrating a little or a lot based on how close you are. And even though... It is, it's just like left and right in your hands. You're able on a 3D plane to sort of feel out where that is. So I'm not suggesting that we do that specifically. I'm just sort of pointing out the fact that they found a new way for like a sensory feedback uh, uh, experience that I did not expect. And it blew my mind when it happened because I was like, that's a, how did I, that, Oh, like it was just interesting that I didn't expect I could figure that out. And yet I immediately did. I I like that you interpreted that not as, oh, my God, how did they do it? Or, oh, my God, I'm having an experience. But how did I? They gave you an ability. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely what it felt like. It felt like I had this skill that with gaming in general you develop these skills of you you learn the muscle memory to do the thing better just by drilling it over and over. That's, you know, part of what makes gaming awesome is that people can figure out the exact process by which to do a particular thing, even if it only applies to that game and nothing else ever before or after. Um, right. 
And yet, with this particular one, it was like my fingertips. It wasn't button presses. Mm-hmm. It was just feeling out the vibrations a particular way. Well, uh, that reminds me of something. I remember reading an article about somebody who had like a uh, rare earth magnet in one of their fingertips. And they basically oh. developed it as though it were another sense. And they found like they could always feel where north is. They could run their finger over the wall and they could tell where the wiring is. Oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, and similarly, there was a, uh, a person who had like a belt and it had like a bunch of little vibrating things all around it. And it was like hooked up to a GPS. And so it would always vibrate in the direction of true north. So they constantly had this low-grade, very faint vibration that showed them where North was. And in both cases, very quickly, their brains adapted so that this was just another sense. Like, this is just another thing my body does. Hmm. Yeah, I did see something very much like that in in a performance art thing. Uh, It was a science presentation of these, uh, I think it was a married couple, and they had augmented their body, like they had implanted, they were like neuroscientists or whatever, but they had implanted an antenna essentially into their head. And Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, I think one could sort of tell vibrations from like earthquakes in another part of the planet or something. And the antenna uh, could like, point to the planets and determine where they are exactly like when they move their head a particular way. I don't know. Point point is um yeah, the brain is just ready and willing to take any sort of new feedback and make it make sense for you. And be like, "Okay, this is a new muscle memory. This is a new organ I have. This is how my body is going to work now." Um now, I got to admit, when you said there was a married couple that put an antenna in my in their heads, my immediate thought was that they were broadcasting thoughts and feelings to each other. Like, imagine you're with your romantic partner, we'll say, mm-hmm. and we have very simple heart sensors. We have, like, temperature sensors, skin capacitance, and so forth. You can measure whether or not someone else is excited. Now, I want you to imagine that... You're walking around all day and you have just a sixth sense. You have just a feeling whenever your partner is excited, whenever their heart races. And they feel the same thing about you. When you're excited, they get excited. They can feel it. And conversely, it means that you can immediately tell, like you cannot lie about whether or not you're excited about something. If you get excited about something, I feel it directly like a spike. Hmm. You know, know, um, it's interesting too that it's a romantic sort of application. Like we're talking about something that you you would get straight, you would cut straight through to the heart of understanding their motivations and what gets them excited and not and et cetera. Um, but it can potentially cause some like false positives and stuff. I don't know if this is sure. the same case for you, but this just happened to me the other night. I, I, was, um, I was just in the car talking about whatever possibly it was like a lull in conversation but for whatever reason my brain meandered on to thinking about um 
like an adrenaline driven thing. Like sure. having to actually escort someone out for being disruptive and how I would do it or something like that. And the yeah, yeah. just just like meditating on that for that moment and I was able to get my heart rate up and really like get sort of adrenaline pumping just from thinking about like, okay, I need to put myself in that in that headspace, what would I do? And then I literally put my physical body into that space and got work got worked up. So Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I imagine there would be many cases with this because excitation is like you can measure it up and down, but you can't measure what they're getting excited about. So I could be like sitting across from my partner and then all of a sudden I could feel them getting more and more excited and I lean over and I'm like, hey baby, you're you're down to clown and she's like, No, my mind was wandering and I started thinking about taxes and yeah. like how screwed we are in, in April. And is is like, oh shit. Or just yeah. like, aren't bears scary? <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Bears are scary as fuck. Or it's like, oh, I, I was remembering the villain from a cartoon that I watched when I was six. Right. It's like he was he was like a, a, a gargoyle and he sucked out people's eyes, but it made them sad. And like now I was thinking about how it would be like if they physically sucked out my eyes and, and, and I got super freaked out. It's like, you thought I was turned on? No, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's an interesting little little concept. I don't know if we want to sort of lean into that or not. Because here's the thing. I'm I'm excited for the prospect of us talking about, like, forming new senses. As far as augmentations go, it's all well and good to design, like, cool prosthetics for people who are missing uh, particular body parts and uh, choose to figure out that new prosthetic lifestyle, right? Um, I am interested in not like oh your your prosthetic arm is way way cooler i'm i might try to like you know opt for that one day although that's its own thing um yeah i'm saying what can we what can we augment our bodies to do that would become even better than we can already do um like what you were saying about magnets beneath the fingertips or whatever like is there anything that if it wasn't expensive and painful and t- it takes a lot of time to heal and whatever, is there anything that you would like want right now if you could just snap uh, your fingers? All right, all right. I want to I wanna just head one thing off at the pass. I'll say one thing I don't want. Okay. Because when we did porn, yeah. we already did virtual reality porn. Right. So I don't want to do virtual reality that is hot as fuck. I don't want to do virtual virtual reality that is hot as shit. And I don't want to do virtual reality that is hot as balls. Okay. So we are not going to be augmenting or modifying my dick butthole or my testicles. <laughs> you, you know what? That's a perfectly fair, uh, you know, boundary to have. You can upgrade and replace every other part of me. But with dicks, my- <laughs> buttholes, and balls. Yeah, I will have. Yes, I will have a thousand digital dicks and one real dick, two thousand <laughs> digital one? balls and two real balls, and a thousand digital buttholes and one <laughs> real butthole. Jesus and Christ. I will just roll around like a catamari of erogenous zones, and You're like just a heap. Oh, <laughs> I'm just a, I'm just a heap. No. Okay. And you have to find the real 
dick balls yeah. and butthole in order <laughs> go to... Go ahead. Go ahead and try and get me off. That's the challenge. Just fi- find the real three, and if you can grab all three of them at once, <laughs> you can pull me out of it. And okay. the whole thing just turns inside out, and all the virtual dicks, balls, and buttholes just go back inside me. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm right side out again. Thank you. I feel like this is this is like essentially like cutting through the the monstrous growth Akira to like find the actual boy inside kind of thing. All right. Anyway, um, I didn't catch that flick. Uh, I'm sure you know it's a heap as well. Like he becomes a heap. Well, among I mean, other he's things. got a he's got a motorcycle. Yeah, also, and, and he pulls the tarp off of it. But sometimes it's the Seinfeld logo. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Memes. Listen. Yeah. Okay. Here's, I'm hip. Y- yes. Let's do the thing. Um, okay. Okay. What do you want? Like, like, like. Okay. Augmenting, not your. But dicker balls, fa- yes. fair, totally fair. Everything request. but, everything but. But let's get back to the, let's get back maybe a little bit towards the conventional virtual reality of the visor, right? Let's let's talk yeah. about, let's talk about what you can, uh, you, you know, the fantasy come to life, the game sort of structure. Is there anything that you think no one else will do or will ever want to do? In a VR experience, like a, uh, a, tradi- a traditional one, like as it is today, torturing someone for information. Oh, I, you know, I would love to say that's not where we would go, but we would definitely do that sooner than other things. Like, yeah, that's already in plenty of games. Not that exactly, but like, okay, no, 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 pass, pass, next. Okay, uh, let's see other compelling stuff from movies and video games and TV that get people excited. Uh, big wirework kung fu. Ooh. Um, yeah, that could be kind of cool. Um, I'll tell you something that was kind of uh, kind of it, it wasn't virtual reality firsthand, but it was first person. Um, and this is appropriate because uh, Wooly was part of this. Uh, the best friends played a a, a Naruto game, and okay. uh. You know, Naruto has the the reputation that it does. It is like, you know, pretty kind of like very overblown, somewhat lame uh, anime that has just been around forever, and people have lots of colored opinions, positive or negative. But mostly, it's like it's kind of like the Sonic fandom, but for an- but for anime. So, well, any- so- Sonic is anime. Let's be clear. Well, I mean, and that, yeah, that line is getting blurred. Anyway, point is, is that they reached a point where, uh, you know how they, they, you know, put their arms behind their body while they're running. Yeah. There was a first person part where you're, you're, you're jumping between trees and rocks and you're just like soaring through the air and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Pat's famous reaction to that was like, no, stop being cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> I think that's super appropriate that, like, the a virtual reality experience is frequently like, okay, let's put you in uh, beautiful underwater scenery. Uh, let's take you to a, a tropical island. If it's anything that's peaceful and serene, it's something sort of like that. If it's anything action-oriented, it tends to lean more comedic than they mean it to. Yeah. I would love to f- have people feel perhaps just empowered like they are like a, a Dragon Ball Z character or any sort of 
a superhuman ability beyond just kind of flying. Flying is cool, but like something that plus, you know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Here's, here's my game. You ready? Okay. Okay. So it's virtual reality and you are like an intern in this shitty office and everyone talks down to you. There's like one guy who you like and who likes you, but he also gets shit on and you get all the shit jobs and you have to take care of them. Uh, and everyone's talking down to you all the time and it's shitty, but in this virtual reality, you can pause time for as long as you can hold your breath. Hmm. And, this, this and then is... you can just go around and fuck shit up, but you can't get caught doing it. As soon as you get caught, everybody freaks the fuck out. But you can pull whatever the fuck... Like, you're secretly corporate, esp- uh, corporate espionage, okay? So you're here to bring this company down from the inside, and you really want to because everyone who works here is pricks. And all you gotta do is fuck up business as usual, but not get caught doing it, have nobody pin it on the intern, and you can stop time and do whatever for as long as you can hold your breath. Okay, you've touched on something that is sort of threading the needle on this kind of particular request, because it's something that is mundane enough that no possibly nobody thought of it although my brain did immediately go to like three other boring office simulator games so that's a trope that has existed already uh but it's over overpowering you to do stuff right and it's also we we didn't actually touch base on how one would hold it their breath like are we talking about an actual sensor of i'm talking it's got a sensor you got you strap something around your chest and it can detect whether or not you are inhaling or exhaling all right so you've got a very important problem with that what's that i'm pretty sure no manufacturing like health and safety company for video games out there ever would be like Let's reward people holding their breath. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's immediately going people into... People are going to like get really into the game and pass the fuck out. Yeah. Im- like, day one, dude. Day, like, day the one, testers, we would have a concussion. The yeah. testers are falling down on the couch. <laughs> okay, okay. You can stop time for as long as you can flex your kegel. No, okay, okay. I got to hand it to you. That is another new sensory way of doing something that people don't tend to think about. Okay, um, I, I want to pass on that one just, just, just cause that's like okay. that's we ain't going straight to the taint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, it 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 is between the the bits I said not to modify. So, like, as long as we can put the sensor between and not on. We're okay. good. That is like that is fucking gerrymandering of your bound your own boundaries. You've just set up these these state lines between your dick and balls and asshole. Yeah, no, the, the gerrymandering is the territory encompasses the taint, goes around the dick and balls, <laughs> and also uh is like includes my belly button. So like my <laughs> belly button and my taint have a seat in Congress and my dick and balls don't. Well, uh, thankfully, uh, we don't we don't need to develop that further, because as I said, we're passing on the kegel thing. Okay, we are, we are. Okay, 
Okay, what else? Eyelids go up and down. That's not going to hurt anyone, right? Uh, well, I mean, if I don't want to have a game that's like, you can stop time for as long as you can refrain from blinking. <laughs> it would be great to make that game, too, because it'd be like... Just a regular boring office simulator, but, you know, it's just like, oh, but we've got sensors that when your eyes are closed, you can fuck all the shit up. So long as you keep your eyes closed, you close your eyes and it's like, oh, yeah, everything's totally getting fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, something else, something else. Um, Maybe I'm thinking about other muscular control. Uh, I mean, if, if you're talking about game... Actually, okay, okay, let's touch on this real quick, because this is its own its own sidebar that is related but not. Um, okay. Microsoft's doing those accessibility controllers. Did you see those? Uh, no, okay. what's up? They are completely modular, and okay. you are able to completely design the control scheme for what you're able to do. So it is extremely rewarding and and uh you know opportunity opening for all of the disabled community because any sort of limitations they would have that might prevent them from using regular controller and they've found they've got like all these little plug and play uh toggles and and levers and whatever that will work for their particular situation so mm-hmm. you know you set it up the way that it works for you it's like a it's almost like a, a fighter pad with a with you know it's a full big dock but you put in whatever you want to put in wherever you want to put it and then map everything right so it takes a little bit right. of building it but say say a mouth control or just you know something with your neck or whatever um and a response that i heard to that which is kind of apropos is um there's a little bit of jealousy with that that um it's cool that that's for them and that it serves a purpose for for disabled people yeah uh, wherever it is that it's meeting their particular situation but also uh, plenty of other people want that like i wouldn't mind having some foot controls for whatever um so maybe if we well, just... like, what's what's the gatekeeper here? Am I not allowed to buy this because I'm not disabled? I like, don't. What, what's stopping these jealous people from just getting one? I mean, that should be true. I think it's still sort of in a beta access state right now. I'm not sure about right, that. That makes sense. Um, and they are obviously working directly and primarily with those that need it most, which is exactly where it should go. So. I don't know. I don't like. Okay, here's the other thing too. The people that are developing this with disabled people, um, they are they're developing the kinds of uh, toggles that work for them. But what toggles do you do you stock at your local EB Games or GameStop? Like which ones? Right. You know what I mean? Like like they don't have mouth switches there in stock in the back room. Uh, or yeah. if they do, they probably would come in different sizes, and it's not your size of mouth. Yeah, now and there sure as there sure of... as hell aren't kiosks there where you can yeah. try the game and you try our new controller. You know, just do a little disinfectant wipe before you use the mouth controller. Like, obviously, this is something else entirely. I'm picturing sort of like you know how there's wheelchair basketball, and sometimes mm-hmm. you have able-bodied guys that are in the little wheelchairs as oh, well, yeah. and they're all just uh, that. But like. 
like 12 pro gamers and one dude who's like a paraplegic and they all have to use the mouth controllers and the paraplegic is just fucking schooling them at Fortnite. Interesting. Okay. Um, speaking of mouth, my mouth is feeling a little bit dry. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking? Virtual water? Uh, uh sh- Sure. It's a little less satisfying, but let let let's go. Let's have a let's have a sip. All at, right, beep boop, motherfuckers. Let's our go. water cooler. Water cooler. Yes. Hello, dear listeners. This is going to be another quick water cooler segment. If this is your first time listening to Hey, I've Got an Idea Show, this is a weekly podcast where we're going to invent stuff, and we are taking your suggestions. So, if you have an idea of something that we should try and invent, tweet at us at h i g a i show. Or shoot us an email, show at gmail.com. Mason does a whole bunch of creative stuff, including a book series that he just wrapped up. Paladin's Guide to Life, Rogue's Guide to Life, Barbarian's Guide to Life, Necromancer's Guide to Life, and The Bard's Guide to Life. He's got a Patreon you should check out, patreon.com slash tailstake. I continue to work on music that I'm still not quite ready to reveal too much about, but I'm about like the 50% marker. I've got about like nine minutes done. Do you have a podcast? This is a spot where we could do a little ad swap, or if you have a product or service that you want advertised, you can advertise with us. Check out advertisecast.com slash 2493 and check out our rates. For now, we're going to get back to the invention of a virtual reality experience right now. Mason. Hit me. You know how those accessibility controllers we were talking about, uh, you know how they were... Uh, for particular people in particular situations. Yeah. And yeah. you know how before that, we were also talking about a more traditional VR situation with the visor and et cetera. Like that is our, our baseline is what it has become with the, with uh, motion controls and all of that. Yes. Here is the direction I propose that we take it in because I think that this is a probably sem- semi-noble cause we have accessibility controllers for able for uh for disabled people we're working yes. on that yes i want to do that for vr okay and so far i'm pretty sure that those two worlds have not combined like i don't think anyone who has accessibility concerns and can't use a regular controller. I don't think that they have used the VR controllers. And okay, so, so 3D rumble in my mouth. You know, I gotta find the moon in my mouth. No, I don't think it's that one. I'm picturing. Okay, I'm picturing. What if we instead of having the motion controls be like two controllers you hold in your hands. Yeah. What if we aimed for it being more of like I'm picturing more of like a harness. All right? Okay. And okay. any anyone who's able to move their neck or torso is able to control motion in a new way that way as well. And I I'm picturing also and this is I don't know if this is too emotional of a core and this is like something that we aren't really qualified to speak on. We're definitely approaching that territory. I'm wondering if it makes sense to try and like say someone doesn't have the ability to use particular body parts. Is it insensitive to portray that in a game that they could 
Like, is that just going to be a shitty thing to do for that person? Or is it's it like, like oh. welcome to virtual reality. You can run and jump. It's it's pretty much that that part of uh, that Avatar movie. Right. Yeah. Where, you know, the soul, the was it was he just unable to walk? I don't remember. Uh, I'm but, pretty sure it was just walking like he was just from the waist down. And, but that yeah. being said, I'm reasonably certain that motherfuckers who are disabled from the waist down play video games where they run and jump all the live long day. Like that is already that is true. a thing. That is true. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we're outside of our, our comfort zone a little bit on that one. Maybe we we keep we keep searching. Okay. Okay. What else is coming to mind? New virtual reality experience. What you got? Okay. Uh, Katamari, but VR. I'm not. I'm not out yet. That sounds. That sounds like could be not disappointing. Eh. Probably. I mean, first person Katamari seems like it's not gonna be super fun. I feel like, I feel like the controls for Katamari Damacy are like right where they need to be. Yeah. So it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna let's just go, go kind of like rapid fire. Just like you do an idea, I do an idea, etc. Okay. So top you, of the head, stream of consciousness. Yeah. Okay. Brainstorming. There's no bad ideas. Okay. Shoe sales. Uh, first person Mario. First person Mario. Okay. Uh, dumpster diving. Oh, uh, being a whale. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, what about F- Freaky Friday? <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> welcome to MC Escherland, motherfucker. Oh, that's something. I want to see motherfucker in the game title. Like that's what it's called. Is welcome to MC Escherland, motherfucker. Okay, let's, rated T let's, for teen. Let's explore that one for a second. Okay. I love the idea of. Um, okay, well, have you ever heard of uh, uh, Antichamber, the game Antichamber? I have not. Okay, so that was mostly a black and white game. The entire game was puzzles based on non non Euclidean space. So okay. It, there would be it would be things like you keep going down a hallway and you keep going down a hallway and it'll you know there's a door you can keep going down you keep going down and it's not until you turn around that where you came from is the actual exit mm. or like you're going uh you have to go you know in a in a spiral sort of pattern uh and and as you're going you realize you've now spiraled into a place that which would not work like you are no longer in the same circle you have you should have kept going in the same circle but as you've gone around a couple of times it's gotten not tighter and tighter in a in a realistic way that can be mapped out it just has ended at a different door eventually that should not be and stuff like that was a lot of the point of the game where you are looking if you peek through a keyhole then suddenly you're in the room and stuff like that Okay, um, okay. So I got one thing that I I want and I'm I'm going to reference a specific game. I'm going to reference Portal. Okay. Because arguably the whole deal with Portal is, you know, like the tagline says, 
thinking with portals. You learn right. to think with portals, and it changes the way you think about physical space yep. and how you think about geometry. So I'm cool with a game like that that fucks around with your perspective, uh, your perspective of space and how uh, shapes and space and time work, especially time. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want it to be random puzzles per room. Like, I don't want the keyhole thing to only work here where there's this one keyhole. I want to have a game that gradually, much like Portal did, teach the player a new way that space works. And then as the game progresses and you get better at this, you have to now live in this world where space and time work in this different but consistent way. Okay. So you want that, which is already a tall enough order because Portal is a masterpiece, which Agreed. I feel is an appropriate word. Wow. Anyway, um, it's already a tall enough order, and you want that and also a virtual reality experience. Like, I want a virtual reality experience where I know that time and space are fucked up. Where I know that if I walk backwards for a bit, time slows down or even reverses itself or stops. And I can use that to beat bad guys or solve a puzzle. And I want that to be the experience that I have. And I want to retrain my brain to live in this world such that I take my head out of the visor and then for a second I like forget that I can't walk backwards because I dropped my sandwich and have it pop back up into my hand. Mm. It's like, oh, right, shit, I can't do that. Here's one thing that comes to mind, and it's it's not exactly what you're saying, but it's something that is also a trippy first-person sort of game. That just, just one that also came to mind when we're talking about this. Okay. Okay, so it's a game called Glitch Space. Glitch Space. Game called Glitch attention. Space, and it was a first-person like puzzle platformer, not yeah. too different from Portal, except instead of it being the Portal ability, which is friggin' great, and I still can't believe that game. Holy shit! Um, yeah. What you would be doing is, you know, theoretically, this is kind of like a romantic version of of this, but you would be hacking the game's code a little bit. So you'd be looking at a platform ahead of you and you would like select that asset and you need to bridge this gap. So you'd like pick up the, uh, the length of that, uh, of that asset and you would just like multiply it by 10 and suddenly it's not a platform, it's a bridge. And, okay. uh, certain platforms you could, you know, essentially hack to move in particular ways and you had to solve all of these puzzles by figuring out how you were going to reprogram the world around you. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I'm sort of reminded of The Magic Circle, which okay. is a game in which you are in the code of a game that is stuck in development hell. I, I, I believe I remember that one. Was that something kind of more Zelda-like? Uh, no? Okay, so I'm thinking of a different I, one. Anyway, okay, so this is a, this is a, a bit of a trope. Uh, but let's let's roll with it. Is there something in here which could work well with VR? Okay, I, I tell you something that um, I had thought that would be really cool. 
Uh, this is an idea I had a while back is imagine a puzzle platformer where you are a wizard and you have to solve various puzzles by bringing different inanimate objects to life. And they all have different physical characteristics based on what the thing is. Oh. And you can only bring like a, a, but everything, everything in the environment, you can do this. You just have a limited number or a limited amount of power, right? So okay. like the, literally any physical object in the environment, you can bring it to life and say, go over there, do this, get the thing off the high shelf for me, form a bridge, whatever. So this is sort of like uh, uh, Mickey Mouse and Fantasia, except, yes. um, you know, I'm imagining like, I'm imagining rooms that are just filled with all kinds of objects like library style you know mm-hmm. or or you know just a place that has a whole bunch of things um maybe like a dollar store or something and like you're trying to solve these puzzles yes by animating these objects and you have to find the one that will do the thing exactly right that that reminds me of scribble knots a little bit too mm. Okay, okay, so here's my VR. Here's how I'm bringing it to VR. When you animate an inanimate object, you just sort of like point your wand at it, and then your wizardly consciousness goes into that object. And all of a sudden, you are seeing from that object's point of view, and your move set is now dependent on what you have animated. So you're controlling it directly. You're not just bringing it to life and saying, go down to the well and fetch a bucket of water. You, Your consciousness is now in the broom for a bit. But you have to be careful because while you're in there, your body is vulnerable. You look over and you see yourself and you're just sort of frozen there. Hmm. And then you have to go around as the broom and do the shit. And then your consciousness returns to your body and you're like, okay, I hope I did that right. Okay. I'm a little bit divided here for a second because when I said dollar store, yeah, that, that sort of, that divided me because I don't think that serves the concept of this game exactly right because we need not quite that many things because that's uh-huh. just out of chaos and you want to figure out I don't know what this room of things looks like that it would look natural, but at the same time, I think it's not necessarily as real world of a, of a thing as a dollar store. The other part of my conflict is that now I realized how crazy a setting of dollar store is for a video game. Yeah. And the concept of anything VR in a in a dollar store is like, well, what the... Like, any kind of retail store where there's just... Not a couple of interactable things, but everything, like every last asset, you pick it up, it loads in, and, and you it has weight and physics. Okay, so here's how we handle it. Another game I referenced earlier, uh, Katamari, similar thing, it's all based on scale. When you start out, you're tiny. 
and you're running around the dollar store and you're you're just in this little area and just things are tiny and you have to accumulate like little nodules of power or whatever but you do it not by accumulating things and packing them together into a sphere but by turning into those things and making use of their abilities like you're a little paperclip now you can spring up and you can grab stuff with your little metal body oh you're a piece of paper now you can flap like a bird oh now you're a, a lighter you can set shit on fire fuck it and then as you gain more power you can become larger and larger things Okay, you know what I'm honestly thinking makes sense for that is fuck the body. There isn't a wizard body. I think we're talking about a spark of life energy that as you accumulate, you are able to do the bigger things. But the other tricky thing about that is that I could see it being that like, okay, my my stick of gum uh, touched the uh, the uh, uh. deck of playing cards and now I can be a ball because I've accumulated enough energy I can possess the ball. Make, that makes sense, but I like a little bit better um it being this cumulative golem that you're making out of all of the things. Okay, okay. So you're as you're going, you have like these tiny little puzzles of like, okay, you need to break open this thing. You got to be this big in order to to break the thing or all right, you're able to, like, break off of, of the golem for a second and possess this other... Let's say, like, oh, I can possess a bag of chips in a, in a, in a, in a vending machine. And then that accumulates with all of the chips in the vending machine, and suddenly you're busting out of the vending machine, and then you pick up the vending machine. Yes. And as it goes, like, here's the thing. Most video games like that where you play some sort of golem... You don't have that much control over what goes where. I'm talking fully customizable. At any point, you can pause and say, okay, this is now my head. This is my left arm. This is my right arm. And a second ago, you were a stick of gum. Now that stick of gum is your left leg. Okay, here's my one one sticking point on this now. Okay. We're describing a fun-sounding video game. Yes. But the brief is... We, uh, we're supposed to make a VR experience. So, have we, have we designed a fun VR experience or a fun video game? I'm pretty sure it's the latter. If so, how do we incorporate the VR part to be central? Okay, so the, like, the question is, is this something where we gain or lose something depending on whether you're watching it on a big screen TV versus if you have a visor on? And yeah. I would agree that, yeah, this is something that you can play very easily just on a big screen TV. Nobody gives a fuck. Right. So we need to have some part of this where the VR oh, oh, is... Oh, I've oh, got it. Hit me. Hit I've me, hit me. got it. Oh, yes. Hit me. So... There are some games where there is the the dual role. You've got a TV and you've got a present audience and you've got someone with the the VR headset. Uh, Keep talking and nobody explodes is one that comes to mind. The person who's like defusing the bomb sees the bomb and is holding it in, in their hands. The rest of the people can't actually see what he sees and they have to give instructions from this instruction manual. That's the sort right. of the concept. Okay, but this is this is different than that. This is you've got first person who's controlling it in VR. 
And you've got third person from the people that are watching a secondary screen. Okay. And maybe this is now a a joint effort where, yes, there are some puzzles that you need to do firsthand, but there is sort of a wizard guiding here. But the wizard isn't there. The wizard just has the ability to see third person, so they're seeing more things. So especially when you're a paperclip and you're hopping around first person. You got a very limited field of view. Exactly. But the wizards, or wizard, let's say it's just two roles. We got the the golem and the wizard. Okay, now I just for a second I thought instead of cooperative make it a uh make it a fight like you're the shopkeeper and you're trying to swat this thing that's not bad either like if <laughs> i think there's multiple versions of this game because there's one where you are like say you're the golem and you think it's cooperative and the guy's like oh yeah yeah you want to go over there and get more of more of those things and it's like it just takes them out like a fire escape and you lock the door behind it's like ha <laughs> now you can't get any of the things yeah, it's like, I, I do not want you to become more of my inventory and walk away, or at least not without paying for it. Shit, man. This might be this might be all right. I really love the concept of a dual role VR and screen-watching person and having it first person and third person. That, to me, I'm, I'm confident that if that exists, I don't think I've seen it. That's and good. that's so exciting to me because, like... VR is 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 just blossoming. Like we're just getting to to the point where you can really okay. Where VR is right now, um, sp- specific little anecdote from from something I watched. There was a VR show where you were building these contraptions, and they it's kind of like Incredible Machine, but you're building it out of sticks and and uh, uh, engines and and wheels. And when you when you put it together and press play, then it might animate in the way that you want, or it might not. Um, somebody was so immersed while doing this that they pressed play, and they saw that like this little essentially like animated skateboard was rolling towards them, and they went ah and tried to step over it. It's like that's where we're at, man. Like it's you're, you. You think you 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 can fool yourself with it, and you can think that it's actually in your hands after a little while. And yeah, there's like some nausea and stuff associated, but like the concept of there being a VR person and somebody looking out for that VR person, whether it's collaborative or competitive, I don't think I've seen that. Maybe, maybe like a swimmer and a lifeguard, or like, I gotta admit, when I play any sort of VR game. I really benefit from having somebody else looking out for me because I kind of suck. Okay, but, like, also maybe it's just a, a partnership of somebody likes to play this this game, but they get sick, but, but their other person doesn't, you know? So, okay, yeah, you get to be the golem all the time because I, I'm a better wizard and I, 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 get, I get dizzy when I'm a golem or whatever. Right. Totally, man, like, oh... I'm psyched. So, this is so this we're is into right. this. We're uh, into this. this. This is all right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do we want to name it? Well, the concept. This is this is the tricky part. If we were actually talking about patenting this right now, we would patent the concept of like the the VR person and the role. We wouldn't be patenting specifically wizard and golem, not without workshopping it more. Yeah. Um. 
But wizard and golem kind of I like that. Like something that something that is evocative of that at least. Okay. Uh accumulate, amass, grow, um bec- becoming a larger thing. Uh Okay, well hold up one second. Uh there was a very popular game with two roles working together lately. What was that called? A way out. That's that prison prison break game, right? Where you have to do stuff together. Oh, but that was more speaking to what they were doing. What is the objective here? We st- we want to say like stuff, growth. Like regardless, the goal whether it's the wizard teaming up with the golem or the golem just doing this on their own merit, you want to grow. Accumulation, accum, cumul, uh, accretion. Um, I'm thinking like I'm thinking of what some words that some words that are evocative of how like plants grow, like an organic growth. Germinate. Germinate. Breathe. Well, that's more for like from a seed. Um, uh, shoot. They metastatize. They mitosis. All right. Here's 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 what I think we should do. Okay. <clears throat> this is normally around the spot where we would pick a verdict. Yes. But here's the thing. I actually want to hear people's names for this. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking I'm gonna skip the poll for once. Okay. And I'm gonna say, please, dear listeners, I want to know what we should call this because. This is mostly the concept. It's, it, we, you know, this can be interpreted in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. If you got an idea of a way to interpret this, you got a title for it, you got a sort of pitch of this same concept, you like what we're, you like what we're working with, but you, you, you have your own spin on it, yeah, work please with us. hit us up. Become That's, part of the team. At, yeah, we could call, you know what, if, if we had more of a fan base going, I would love to call it like a design club or like invention club or something like that. Uh Maybe one day, uh, whoever's out there and getting into it, you know what? Let's get uh, let's get some friendship pals together and uh, make some make some stuff. Well, I uh, think maybe when we do the episode about making a club, then we could have a, a club club. Oh shit! All right. So at h i g a i show is the Twitter, it is. or you can email us h i g a i show at gmail dot com. The topic that we're gonna have to do next week. Okay. We need to create a dystopia. A dystopia? Yep. Get out out that boot stamping on a human face forever because we're creating a dystopia. A dystopia next week on Hey, I've Got an Idea show. And uh, that's what we're going to do next week. We'll just tear it all apart. Apparently. Okay. I'm preemptively sorry, but for now, dear listeners, I implore you. Thumbs up, monorail eggplant. Good night, everybody. Good night. Yep. Okay.